Chapter Twenty One of Betty Baird's Golden Year by Anna Hamlin Weichel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Holly Jensen. Chapter Twenty One. Mrs. Lelesh has her say. Several days later, Mrs. Lelesh came from her country place to look over the plans for her city house that Miss Minturn and Betty had sketched out a month or so earlier she was anxious to have the work done before winter and had consulted miss minturn about the color scheme and furnishings but the completed plan had just been finished by betty the day that miss snell determined to assert her undivided authority by detailing the work to miss rudder miss snell though autocratic and domineering had a bully's instinct to toady those who were superior in strength of any kind she bowed especially to wealth and that mrs lelesh not only had in abundance but those rare concomitants refinement and good taste mrs lelesh too liked her own way and she usually gained it by her suavity and tact to say nothing of her money Today she met miss snell pleasantly and began to congratulate her on succeeding mrs anstice it was such a privilege she said to have a gentlewoman like miss minturn to suggest and help in one's decorative difficulties as mrs lelesh's smile and manner indicated that she believed the gentle privilege had been transferred to miss minturn's successor miss snell could smile and nod most affably even while she felt cold towards the praise of her still dominant predecessor after the civilities of the introduction had been gracefully and sufficiently prolonged mrs lelesh inquired for miss minturn's sketch of her ideas for the house i am very sorry mrs lelesh but my assistant has not quite completed the plans you'll be delighted with miss rudder i'm sure she's so recherche so artistic so pardon me interrupted mrs lelesh not at all interested in a catalogue of miss rudder's gifts but greatly so in having her house ready by a certain date i saw a rough copy of our ideas and i understood that they would be finished yesterday her tone and manner clearly showed displeasure i am so sorry but you know coming into a large establishment like this it takes time began miss snell placatingly of course again interrupted mrs lelesh looking at the clock but i can't wait today. i'll be satisfied with another look at the sketch miss minturn made out she had a young friend with her who comprehended our ideas perfectly has she gone miss snell involuntarily stiffened up miss baird yes miss baird a charming girl and very bright miss snell hesitated but mrs lelesh's second impatient look at the clock and the vision of the large check she would receive for the work decided her and she hurried off for betty and her plan betty quickly followed miss snell to the reception room mrs lelesh greeted her with marked warmth inquiring after miss minturn affectionately then she took the plans and studied them attentively asking many questions which betty answered succinctly and in a way that evidently pleased mrs lelesh she had some minor changes to suggest but in general the plans evidently had her entire approval she turned to miss snell my house has been delayed somewhat 
and I can't say just now when you can begin the decorating, but I shall let you know at the earliest moment, and I hope you will hasten the work as much as possible. She moved towards the door, but Miss Snell reached out and almost took hold of her arm in her eagerness to detain her. Please excuse me, Mrs. Lelesh, but could you wait just a minute? My assistant, Miss Rudder, has made a sketch, which she would be glad of an opportunity to submit to you. You will like it, I am sure. Perhaps better. Miss Snell stopped, not knowing exactly how far she might go. Mrs. Lelesh looked at her in surprise, but being a reader of human nature, she at once divined Miss Snell's motive. She was not an organizer of charities and a social leader without having gained an insight into the cause that now made Miss Snell's face so red. She glanced at Betty, too, and thought she read in her eyes an eagerness for the very comparison of plans which Miss Snell urged. Betty, in fact, was longing for just this experiment. Confidence in the thoroughness of the training she had received first with Miss Green, then with Miss Minturn, gave her assurance of the outcome. Moreover, as she told Lois, she felt it in her bones that if she could once show Miss Snell that her work was of money value to her, as Miss Jane had suggested, Miss Snell was anxious enough to build up her business to hide her jealousy of Miss Minturn and her dislike for Betty herself. Mrs. Lelesh turned to Miss Snell. I shall be very glad to see a better set of plans if you have them. Please ask Miss Rudder to bring them. Miss Rudder came in at once and fluently explained her plans, and Mrs. Lelesh listened courteously. Then she bowed to Miss Snell. I thank you, Miss Snell. A comparison is often excellent for throwing light on a subject, though I had, through our friend Miss Minturn, she glanced brightly at Betty, sufficient to guide me but now miss baird i am convinced that you know exactly what i want and i shall write to you about beginning the work at the first opportunity thank you again miss snell for your efforts but please go to no further trouble miss baird understands perfectly and i shall want her to have immediate charge of the work she bowed again to miss snell shook hands cordially with betty and walked out quickly that evening betty dragged lois off to the little bridge over the mill pond floodgate and sitting on the big log that ran as a string piece along one side she reviewed the day i tell you lois i felt like fortune carrying her cornucopia when i left the room with my rolled-up sketch accepted i could see peace and prosperity coming to the worthy baird family I thought that I could just shake that cornucopia a little, and the mortgage money, new house paint, winter clothes, etc., etc., would roll comfortably out on the floor. And, oh, Lois, I did want to run to Miss Minturn and hug her and thank her. Betty's voice trembled, and she hastily dabbed her handkerchief to her wet, smiling eyes. She'll soon be back. A year passes very quickly, comforted Lois. Betty started up. Why, the idea of my complaining because it's all so different now. I ought to be thankful, and I am, for that beautiful year with Miss Minturn. Her letters are awfully happy, aren't they? Her last one just rang out with joy. Yes, 
i do hope though when our time comes we won't have all the trouble she had when our time comes betty you're so funny often i can't tell whether you are talking about love or death well i can't complain about the same indefiniteness in your language miss lois bird lois blushed self-consciously but happily and if i'm not blind lady betty your language will not long remain then she reverted to the old subject i suppose betty now that you have come out on top you will stay on with miss snell yes of course i don't believe she would give me up now and i can't for the life of me dislike her heartily for somehow i understand why she is as she is it must have been hard for her to know that everyone around was mentally comparing her with miss minturne to her disadvantage added betty justly you know that dear mother baird said that when you attacked a fault like resentment you would stir up a hornet's nest it does seem as if this trouble with miss snell came as a kind of test you don't seem nearly so cross with her as you did with poor old mr webby betty clapped her hands oh good do you really think so i hope i am not maybe i am going to have a golden year you dear thing you haven't any uglinesses to overcome lucky dunny lane end of chapter twenty one Recording by Holly Jensen.